chapter 19 again tonight. And then God, I want you to get Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. And we're going to take in tonight. And I want to preach kind of a message, an offshoot from the message this morning on the Feast of the Tabernacles. And as it relates to the, um, as it relates to the uh, millennial reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mill means a thousand and a millennium year, a thousand year reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be a wonderful time. I do, I, I'm, I'm honest with you, I feel like a pilgrim and a stranger and uh, traveling through Emmanuel's land. And someday, I'll tell you what, we're going to have a new heaven, a new earth. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when Jesus, re- I've been wondering what they're going to do with Washington, D.C. <clears throat> whenever he's ruling, amen. Boy, I tell you what, I think I'm wearing an old time funeral. They're all flagging, boy, I mean, to tell you what. And, uh, but I feel pretty good up here. I think I'll preach an extra long time. I feel so good up here tonight. But no, I'm just kidding you. Uh, let's look at Revelation. I'd just like to get Don's in all worked up. Amen. I like to get Don's in worked up. If I get him worked up, I've accomplished my goal, aggravate him. Revelation chapter 20. And uh, let's begin uh, again there at verse number one, because I actually did not go all the way through that this morning like I wanted to about this thousand year reign. Now, listen to me just a minute. Just give you a little side deal here. In eschatology or prophecy of the last times, there's kind of three major uh, theological uh, ideas. One is, is premillennial, pre-tribulational return of Jesus Christ, that he returns before the tribulation and before the millennial reign. <clears throat> there are some who believe in post-millennial. They don't believe Jesus is going to come until the church has converted the world. That's not going to happen. And that, that he won't come to the end of the millennial reign. And then there's some is all millennial. And I'm kind of like the old preacher went to a dentist and the dentist said, uh, say, ah, he said, I wouldn't say that for a million dollars. They don't believe in no millennial reign. They, they believe it's all allegory. They don't believe it's literal. It's terrible. I mean, I've, I've, you, you, you think I'm joking. I'm not, I've had preachers call me up and chew me out over that. Tell me I was crazy. And I said, well, it says it six times in one chapter. What else do you need? Let's read it. Revelation chapter 20, verse number one. And uh, remember, this is after chapter 19 when Christ has returned. And uh, verse 20 of chapter 19, the beast was taken within the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which he had deceived and had received the mark of the beast. And then that worshiped his image, these were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. That's the beast and the false prophet. Satan is not thrown there yet. Chapter 20, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and bound him, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. After that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon him. Judgment was given unto them. This is just prior to going into this millennial reign now. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus Christ. And for the word of God, which and which had not worshipped the beast. Now, these are people that came through the tribulation period here, as best I understand it. And uh, they uh, they were beheaded. They died uh, rather than take the mark of the beast, which had not worshipped the beast in his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. That's the third time it says a thousand years. But the rest of the dead, you know, we're talking about the lost dead, that lived not again until the thousand years were finished. That's the fourth time it says thousand years. This is the first resurrection. 
Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death. Now the first resurrection is what you see at the rapture of the church when the when the Christians are taken in. That's called the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ. It's talking about the saved people now. And they shall reign with him a thousand years, the fifth time now. We are going to reign with Christ a thousand years on this earth. Literally, that's what your Bible says right there. And uh, then verse number seven, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And so you have this mentioning of a thousand years six times. Now, in the book of Peter, it says that God said that a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. And that is the verse that they use to say that that doesn't really mean a thousand years. Well, then does it mean seven days? Well, when I didn't say that, it just doesn't make sense. I'm not trying to be mean, but you've got to do all kinds of harm and twist to the scripture not to take it for what it says. But I will tell you this, that God created the earth in six days and on the seventh day he rested. That is a picture of human history. We, you and I have lived approximately 6,000 years on this earth. And I believe we're right at the verge of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, he'll take out his bride. We'll be judged according to our works, have the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we'll return with Jesus at the end of the tribulation to rule and reign with him a thousand years. And that thousand years is going to be compatible to the seventh day when God rested after creation. And so it's all a picture and it all fits. Now, I want you to watch what happens. When the Verse 7, when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Now, if you want to get into Gog and Magog, you go back to Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39. Get into that deal there, but I'm not going there tonight on this. This is where I want to go to. And I want to preach you an encouraging message tonight. Boy, I'm going to tell you. And they went up on the breath of the earth. Now, these, these people that Satan uh, deceived and gathered in rebellion against God, they went up on the breath of the earth and compassed something. And I want you to mark this in your Bible, the camp of the saints. The camp of the saints. The camp of the saints. About and the beloved city. There's a beloved a city, but there's the Jerusalem there. But there's the camp of the saints. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. It was over just about as fast as it started. There was this thousand years. Satan was bound. Jesus ruled with the rod of iron. Peace and righteousness on the earth. Boy, great, wonderful time. Again, can't go into all that, but it's just wonderful. Eden restored and Satan is let out, creates a rebellion, is put down. And then in verse number number 10, I love this verse. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. That was earlier. We read that. And I shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So I want to tell the devil something tonight. You're going to the lake of fire and you're going to be tormented day and night forever and forever and forever. And you can throw a, you can throw your mud at us tonight if you want to. But your days are coming. Amen. And uh, so anyway, then he said in verse number 11 through 15, you have the great white throne judgment, which is the resurrection of the dead lost. They are judged according to their works as lost people, not to determine whether they go to heaven or not, but to determine their, the, 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 the justice of their sentence to the lake of fire. Chapter 21 and chapter 22 is the new heaven and the new earth and the eternal kingdom that Christ has delivered up to the Father. And it's for eternity that we live with the Lord at that time. Now, I want to go to Joel chapter 2, verse number 11, guys, if you'll put that up. 
In the Old Testament, when they came out of Egypt, God called them a camp, a camp. And um, there's a concept in the Bible of camp. Now, there's a message great. One of the, I feel like one of the greatest truths and one of the greatest messages that God ever let me preach. And I haven't preached it for probably 20 years was outside the camp. That is a doctrine, but I'm not preaching on that tonight. I'm preaching on the camp of the saints. And Joel chapter two says this in verse 11 and the Lord. Now, Joel, if you know the book of Joel, the book of Joel is your Old Testament prophecy book about the day of the Lord, which is from the time Christ comes back through that millennial reign, that thousand year reign and what he's going to do in the, uh, and situations that will occur during that time. Darkness and sun and moon, moon turned to blood and all that. And uh, Matthew 24 stuff. That's in the book of Joel. When he's describing God coming back in power and making war and judging this earth and conquering his enemies, he makes this statement. I want you to look at it. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great. And I want to preach tonight on the subject of his camp is very great. Lord, help us to preach tonight. And Lord, in a way that exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, give truth and hope to the saints of God, that we may know that the camp of the saints is the camp of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is very great. Lord, it is a camp of war. It is a camp of righteousness and a camp of truth and a camp of justice. And Father, wherever, where that army goes, truth is exalted and Christ is lifted up. Righteousness is lifted up and maintained. God, I'm glad that your camp is very great. Help us tonight to know, God, that it is above everything. It is a great camp. And let us tonight, Heavenly Father, know that we're in that camp. Let us be in the right camp tonight, God, I pray. In the camp of our great God and our great Savior who has a great camp. And it's in his name I pray. May your name be glorified tonight. Jesus, amen. Number one tonight, I want to give you some reasons that his camp is very great. Now, when I'm talking about his camp, I'm talking about his army, his people, his cause, his purpose, his plan, his providence for eternity, for time and eternity. Let me just tell you tonight that God's camp is very great because of all the forces of heaven that are at his call and beckon and command. Did you know that God has cherubims? God has seraphims. God has angels that are at his call that are part of his camp. And I want to tell you something tonight. I don't care how stupid and crazy this world may look tonight. His camp is very great. And I'm in the camp of my Lord Jesus Christ. And there ain't no camp like it on earth. It is a victorious camp. But I want you to think about the forces of heaven are part of what makes this camp so great. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that there uh, in, in Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 11 first, the Bible talks about 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands of angels. Amen. I want to remind you tonight that in the Old Testament, when they surrounded Jerusalem, that God said, well, we got a little problem down there. He said, I need one of you boys to go down there and take care of it. Yeah. And they didn't send a thousand, he didn't send nine hundred, he didn't send ten thousand, ten thousands and thousands of thousands. He sent one angel down there, and the Assyrian army was down there about to blow, about to push Israel off the map. 
And God said, one of you fellows go down there and take care of that mess. And that night, that one angel went down and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. His camp is very great because of the heavenly forces that are at the call and the command of God tonight. Did you know that God has angels that encamp around his beloved tonight? Did you know tonight that nobody could touch anybody in God's camp except God given permission? Did you know that Job was in God's camp and he was in the camp of God? And, the, and without God's permission, Satan could not have touched him. I want to tell you something tonight. We need to quit accrediting so much power to the devil and accredit power to our Lord Jesus Christ because his camp is great. I want to ask you tonight, what camp you in? Amen. What camp you in tonight? Boy, I want to tell you something tonight. There are, uh, there are thousands and tens of thousands of angels. And if one angel can kill 185,000 before the sun comes up, what can 10,000 times 10,000 angels do? Amen. I want to tell you all the, I tell you, you can take Washington, D.C., Moscow, China, do them all. And God could wipe them out with the breath of his hand in one deal. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, the Bible tells you that though this world is rebelling against God, his camp is very great. Amen. One of our problems is that we have failed to read our Bibles and to comprehend how great the camp of our captain is. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. If you ever get a hold of the word of God, I was reading and studying this week, boy, and I tell you, I got a hold of this. I said, bless God, I'm going to charge hell with a squirt gun again. Amen. Because his camp is very great, the Bible said. Now, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Did you know that the unseen heavenly forces, did you know that there's chariots of fire and there are horses of fire? How many knows that? Yes, sir. How, how many believes that? I believe that. Amen. I want to tell you something. I believe there's angels around this church house tonight. I believe there's angels in this church house tonight. Encamped. His camp is very great around his people tonight. I'm glad tonight that I've got a captain who's got a camp. That is very great. Amen. Oh, I like that. I like that pastor scripture. His camp is very great. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, I think about old Elijah. And Elijah had fought against them old uh, prophets of Baal and and all that clad, that, that clowny bunch, 850 of them, whooped them up and killed them and let their blood run down the creek. And I want to tell you something. He went on Elijah started following him. And he said, you're going to have to be with you if you're on a double portion. And all of a sudden there's a whirlwind come. And the Bible said there was chariots of fire and horses of fire and picked Elijah up and took him to heaven in a chariot of fire. I'll tell you, most Christians don't even believe that no more. But I believe it. Amen. I believe in chariots of fire. I want to tell you something tonight. I want you to say, I wonder if you'd get, they're all the time talking about the the aliens, you know, and UFOs and all that kind of stuff. Well, they've got some stuff out there. Amen. There's some unseen. Did you remember when old Elijah, Elijah down there, Elijah, you know, his, his servant come out to him and said, oh, Elijah, they're all surrounded. We're surrounded. Ain't no hope. I believe Elijah remembered the camp is very great. He said, Lord, would you open that old boy's eyes? And the Bible said he opened up his eyes and the hills and the mountains was full of chariots of fire and horses of fire. I want to tell you something. You ain't say, Reggie, why ain't you afraid? I ain't afraid because his camp is very great. Amen. I've got a great God with a great camp and his army will never be defeated. It'll never be whipped. It'll never go in retreat. It'll never be. I'm telling you right now, we're marching on the glory land. Amen. I'm telling you, the older I get, the happier I'm getting because his camp is very great. Amen. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 10. You just got through reading. The Bible said. 
that's a big, and before that said the beast and the false prophet were cast into the lake of fire. Well, I wonder who did that, Don. <laughs> his camp. The heavenly powers of his camp. God said, well, I need one of you to go down there and grab that old beast. Grit him by the ears and throw him in hell. Yeah. And the angel said, can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? Which, oh, it's all wanting to do it, I bet you. God said, well, you can go get him. And his camp is very great. And he grabbed the old beast and he throwed him in hell, amen. Yeah. And said, well, the old false prophet, he's still running around. And God said, I want one of you to go down. Hey, I'm talking about tonight that you and I have got a camp that's very great. Amen. You said, Reggie, I'll just tell you what. I, I just, boy, life is rough. Yeah, life's rough and life's tough. But we getting out of this boat, off this boat one of these days, amen. I've got great. It makes me happy to think that God said, well, I want that little angel to go down and get that false prophet. Boy, I'll tell you what. Somebody throwed him in. That's what the Bible said. And then, Brother Lonnie, Revelation chapter 20, verse number 7 says that they took the devil. Oh, that big mean devil. And God said, one of you angels go throw that devil in the lake of fire. Now, you want you to think about this. That's what your Bible says. Yes. You reckon he come there and said, now, boy, we're going to have us a throw here. We're going to have us a tussle. No, no. How many think that was a tussle? No. Bible doesn't say there's a tussle. No. The Bible said he grabbed that devil, throwed him in the lake of fire. Amen. Amen. His cap Amen. is very great. I want you to go out of this church house this week and realize and put to practice that his cap is very great. Man, we need to get a hold of this. I'm so sick and tired of defeated Christians. Act like they just lost their last cat that drug off their last cat. I'll tell you, I had a terrible thing happen this week. Started up side by side, took off, and Karen found a dead cat. Them cats ought not live inside the motor of my side by side. But anyway, that was a terrible happening at our farm this week. We just got three left now, but I'm trying to get you a three. No, I was kidding, honey. I'm just kidding. I'm just lying. But I want to tell you something. Well, I want you to think about it. The forces of heaven right. are part of God's great camp. Yeah. And those, those angels and those powers, those supernatural powers yeah. can throw the devil in hell, can throw the false prophet in hell, can throw the beast in hell, can whip a hundred, one angel whip 185,000 men, soldiers, by the way, in one night. His camp is very great. Can I tell you something? We're marching to Zion. Amen. We are going through because our captain's camp is very great. It's not because I'm great. His camp is very great. Amen. Well, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you, this makes me want to shout. Amen. I mean, just makes me, just thrills my heart. You want to see how great they are? Look at Revelation. Go back to Revelation chapter 8. I'll show you. Man, I'm talking about his camp is very great. The forces of heaven are at his call. Revelation chapter 8. And the Bible said he opened the seventh seal and there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And it said, I saw seven angels which stood before God and then were given seven trumpets. And it goes on down through the look at verse number six. And the first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. Woo! One angel... I ain't going to take time to read it. You get home, you get to the 8th chapter, you read the book of Revelation, you find out and read for yourself what an angel out of God's heavenly camp can do to this earth. It'll knock your socks off and blow your hat straight in the creek. I'm telling you, talk about power. 
His camp is very great. And the whole essence of my message tonight is quit living defeated. Quit living like we're just barely going to make it through. Like it's just God may barely come out in the end. It ain't barely nothing. His camp is very great. Well, you tell you how great it is. As up to one day, God said, I need somebody to go down and be a lion spirit. Yeah. That king. And the one of the angel raised up his hand and said, I'll go down and I'll be a lion spirit to you. Just led that king off. And I mean, tell you something, folks, listen. When it comes to any type of warfare you want to think about, whether it's, whether it's propagate, you name it, and God's camp is very great. Well, I got to go on the second thing because I was wanting to get here real fast. Now, number one, his camp is very great because of the forces in heaven of the unseen powers. Number two, God's camp is very great because the powers of nature are at his command. Oh, I like this one. Every animal, every power of nature, not animal, every, I'll get that pretty soon, but every power of nature is at Jesus' command. Let me show you. Wind is at his command. He can make the wind blow. Soft. Or blow your hat off. Yeah. Blow your buildings down. Yeah. He can start a hurricane or a tornado. Yeah. In the Bible, there's winds. Yeah. Remember Job? Yeah. God's camp is very great. He can command the wind. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Not only that, but he can command the rain. Yeah. He can command the hail. Yeah. There's one time when there's having war and God rained hailstones down on them. Yeah. There ain't an army on the face of this earth that can whip God just him using hailstones. Storms are in his arsenal. Lightning is in his camp. Snow can whip the armies. Napoleon was whipped with snow. Hitler was whipped with snow and cold in World War II at the gates of Moscow and Stalingrad. Fire and brimstone are in his arsenal. When he wanted to whip Sodom and Gomorrah, he just fire and brimstone. His camp is very great. We've got to get a hold of this in these last days. We cannot live thinking that this thing could go either way now. His camp is very great. He turned water into blood. Yeah. Are you listening to me? He can shut the spigots of water off. Whip any army in the world just by flipping the water off. Turn the water into blood. It's over with. His camp is very great. He can send famine and starve people to death. Drought and they have no food. Pestilence, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes. They're all at his disposal. For his camp is very great. He can cause stars to fall. His camp is very great. He can cause the sun to stand still for his armies. For his camp is very great. He can turn the moon his blood because his camp is very great. You're not messing with some human element here. You are messing with the almighty God who Joel said at the last day his camp is very great. He can take water in a dry place and burst water out of a solid rock. Yeah. 
and cause that water to run like a river where there was no water. And he can also cause that rock to follow people. He can crack the surfaces of the earth. He can spew volcanoes out. He can even use the dew. And he can even use the breeze. He can take heat and defeat any army in the world. He can take cold and defeat any army in the world. He can shut the lights off and he will someday. Someday there'll be darkness enveloped. What's the army's going to do when they gnaw in their cells in the darkness, the Bible said. You say, Brother Reggie, what are you trying to preach? I'm trying to preach that his camp is very great. And I don't have to worry about it. You say, Reggie, number one, his forces of heaven make his his camp very great. Number two, the powers of nature make his camp very great. But number three, and I like this one, animate creatures make his power, his camp very great. Well, he can tell a big old 90 foot whale to go swallow the feather. (laughs) Yes, sir. I'll tell you what he can do. He can tell a fish, Mr. Fish, you come over here, wiggle yourself through the water and the rocks, and there's a piece of money. I want you to swallow it and put it in your mouth. And then I want you to go over there where old Peter's at and make yourself available for his fishing pole. And when Jim, (laughs) I'm telling you, God's camp is very great. He can tell whales what to do and little fishes what to do. His camp is very great. Amen. Hey, what are you saying, Reg? I'm saying that the heavenly powers are in his camp. I'm telling you that natural powers are at his disposal. And I'm telling you that little animals are at his disposal. Oh, Pharaoh, he had the world's greatest army. He was the world's superpower at that time. And God said, my camp is very great. Well, he said, I want you frogs. I want you frogs to go up and pay old Pharaoh a visit. And the bullfrogs jumped up on the porch. And here comes some more bullfrogs. And some more bullfrogs. And first thing you know, there was a sea of bullfrogs coming in on old Pharaoh. And everybody in Egypt, that wasn't God's people, had bullfrogs legs for supper. And bullfrog legs for dinner. And frog legs for supper and breakfast. And they kept a coming. And they tried to lay down to sleep. And the bullfrog jumped up in bed with them. And they tried to cook. And the bullfrogs jumped. And bullfrogs took over the country. And his camp is very great. Amen. (laughs) It ain't nothing for God to whoop whoop puny man. Pharaoh says, where'd all these frogs come from from his camp? Amen. Pharaoh said, well, we've got to have a frog killing. (laughs) And then God said, well, now you little bitty fellas called lice. He said, I want you lice to just multiply. And then he said, I want you to go to jumping. <laughs> it tickles me to death that God can whoop the armies of the world, the biggest powers of this earth, with little bitty critters called the lice. And the lice jumped up in the bed, and the lice jumped up in the head, and the lice jumped up everywhere. And the lice was in, the lice was in to pull the covers back, and there was the lice and the bullfrogs together now. <laughs> 
and his camp is very great. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm just having the best time of my life. I, hope, I want to invite the devil to come and listen to the service tonight. I want the devil to know that his camp is very great. Amen. And the lice went everywhere. And he woke up with lice in the ears and lice in the head and lice in the feet and lice in the feet and lice everywhere. And God said, I can whoop you with lice. <laughs> and then God said, you stinking flies. <laughs> yes, sir. Read the book of Exodus. God says, I want you flies to go get old Pharaoh. Flies! <laughs> How many likes an old green bloke fry? Boy, ain't that fine out of your duty? I'll tell you what, I hate flies. If I was to choose me a, or an occupation to make a living with, it'd be a fly killer. <laughs> I hate flies. Can you imagine? His camp is very great. <laughs> he says, I'm going to use flies to whoop on Pharaoh with. Flies, lice, frogs. <laughs> then he said, I want you grasshoppers and locusts to go hopping down through the field. I want you to eat everything inside. Chop, 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 chop. <laughs> His camp is very great. Amen. How many got it figured out? How many wish I'd shut up and go home? Because you got the message. His camp is very great. Amen. Aren't you happy tonight that God's in control of the lice? God's in control of the flies. God's control of the frogs. Oh, my goodness sakes alive. The caterpillars. Well, God's in control of the horses. God's in control of the donkeys. Why old Balaam was going up through there? And that donkey wasn't going where he wanted him to go. And Balaam got to beating on him. And he beat him to the ground. And God said, donkey, talk to that idiot. <laughs> now I want to tell you something. It never did shock me too bad that the donkey could talk to Balaam. But what really shocked me was when Balaam went to talking back to the donkey. <laughs> you read your Bible. <laughs> God said, I can use a donkey, amen. I can use a donkey. My camp is very great. God can use horses. He's going to use horses. We're coming back on white horses. His camp is very great. Boy, I'll tell you something. I'm just having a good time. Well, ah, the old black raven. God said, hey, you raven. I got a prophet over there named Elijah said he's, he's needing some water and some food. Said, I want you to take him some bread in the morning and in the evening. And old raven said, yes, sir. I'm in your army, God. Isn't it funny? The ravens will do what God says, but we fight him. Yeah. <laughs> and God says, I'm going to take a raven and I'll feed it. God, I'll tell you, his camp is very great. Yes. God said, I'll tell you what. A bunch of kids got out there one day mocking God's man and said, go up, bald head. Go up, bald head. There's two she bears. Yeah. God says, you she bears, I want you to teach this world a lesson. That's right. Yep. Two she bears come out. His camp very is very great. Amen. Don't mess with him. Amen. He can, he'll sick the flies on you. Amen. Get the lice after you. Well, his camp is very great in the animate creatures. One day, there's a pack of dogs running up and down the road. Oh, 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 oh,
His camp is very great. God said, hey, you dogs. And the dog stopped and said, what do you want, Lord? Said, there's an old king over there. He's going to die today. <clears throat> and his blood's going to be in that chariot. And they're going to put him over by the pool. Jez really said, I want you to go over and lick his blood up. And the dogs took off. And they did exactly what God told them to do. They licked his blood up to fulfill a prophecy that God had made three years before that. 20 years later, God saw another pack of dogs up around the city of Jezreel. God said, hey, you pack of dogs. Yes. There's a woman sitting up in a window there. She's wicked as hell itself. Says there's going to be some eunuchs shove her out the window. They're going to run over her with the chariot and said, I want you to eat her. Yes, sir. And God used animals to defeat his enemies. And they ate her. God's camp is very great because of the heavenly powers that are above you and I and around you and I that we cannot see. God's camp is very great because of the powers of nature are absolutely in his control. And God's camp is very great because every animal is under his command. And if you remember that, it'll help you. It'll help you going through times and you don't understand what's going on. But there's one thing you don't want to ever forget, and that is that his camp is very great. And back at his arsenals is all the powers of heaven and all the powers of nature. Old Joshua was out there fighting. He said, Lord, I need a little more daylight to whoop these guys. God says, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to make the sun stand still. <laughs> Why that great big old sun? <laughs> that great big thing that's how many times bigger than the earth? I don't even know. I've read it but forgot. And God said, sun, stand still. And the sun did what God told it to do. Yes. His camp yes. is very great. Yes. I want to be on the camp and in the camp of the God who can make the sun stand still. Amen. Yes. I'm telling you, we have a God who has a very great camp. Yes. You do not have to live in defeat. Amen. How many think tonight that God could possibly, if he just could muster up enough strength Lay four bricks of gold at your doorstep when you got home tonight. Sure he could. Now he ain't likely to do that. You know why? Because his camp is very great. And he knows you need things a lot more than you need gold. Anyway, we got to keep going. His camp is very great because of his word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Genesis 1, 3, and God said, and there was light. Genesis 1, 6, and God said, and there was a firmament. Genesis 1, 9, and God said, and there were waters. 
Genesis 1.11, and God said there was earth and the grass. Genesis 1.14, God said there's light and there's sun and there's stars. Genesis 1.20, God said there were fish and creatures in the sea. Genesis 1.24, there were living creatures and cattle. And in Genesis 1.26, and God said, let us make man. Now you listen to me tonight. His camp is great because of his word. And when God says something, there's power in it. That's why the devil hates this book. Isaiah 40, verse number eight said that the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Deuteronomy chapter 32, 39. Put that up on the board, boys, if you would. Deuteronomy 32, verse 39 and 40. I want to show you how his camp is great. See now that I, even I am he, and there's no God with me. You know why? Because his camp is very great. Watch what this God does. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. His camp is very great. I want to ask you tonight, whose camp are you in? Are you in the camp that controls the forces of heaven? The camp that controls the powers of nature? The camp that controls animate creatures? The camp that has the power of his word? The power to kill and to make alive? Whose camp are you in tonight? Under whose banner do you serve? Whose army are you in? To be against God is madness. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you'll serve. The Bible said, how long halts ye between two opinions? The Bible said, who is on the Lord's side? And Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. They encompassed the camp of the saints and fire came down of heaven and destroyed them. His camp is very great. I want you to go out this week and remember his camp. If you ain't in his camp, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. I don't want you to be scared about nothing. I don't want you to be afraid of nothing. His camp is very great. Let me just tell you tonight, we got a God to control the flies, the fish, <laughs> the lice, the ticks, <laughs> the chiggers. His camp is very great. Did you know tonight there's not a rock laying in Bryant Creek that he doesn't know exactly where it's at? He knows where it's at. His camp is very great. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of Bring forth the Crown him, Lord.